Welcome back <laughs> to the Abundant Life. Welcome back to the Abundant Life. I'm Angela Todd, Mr. Fantastic himself, Charles, my favorite and only husband. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> That's a good thing. <laughs> it's a very good thing. So here we go. <laughs> 21 ways that God can supernaturally provide. Yes. And as we've said before, you know, the foundation that you've got to set this on is God is our source. You know, yes. you've got to make God your source through everything. It's not your job. It's not if you're a business owner, it's not your business. It's not the government. It's none of those things that sometimes people can have a tendency to look to, but it's actually God. So let's just do a quick review over what we've talked about so far. We're on topic number seven today. Let's go back through uh, the first six. Number one was that's God's promise or our covenant inheritance. And we talked about the Abraham blessings. We've got a whole teaching series that we did on that. If you don't know what the blessings are Abraham, go in and check out those teachings and find out that you have a covenant right to those blessings of Abraham. Amen. Number two is our relationship with God and knowing that you have an inheritance as well too through the Son of Jesus. That number three was provision directly from the throne. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's straight, straight from the throne to use. That's the straight source. And some of the ways where that was God's ability for us, daily provision, His riches and glory, and giving you wisdom. So imparting those types of things into you so that you can supernaturally receive from God. Number four was provision from individuals. We talked about provision for men. Luke says that men shall, when you give, it shall be given to you. Press down, shaken together, running over, shall. Men give, give to your bosom. bosom. So men will give it to you. Kings will give to you. So we okay. talked about we really don't have kings, but government officials or highly appointed people can also give to you. Mm -hmm. And then the third part of that was inheritance from relatives. Right. You know, the Bible talks about that we are to leave an inheritance for our children and our children's children. So that means not only are you supposed to have an inheritance, but your children are supposed to have an inheritance from you, and then you're supposed to also give one to your grandchildren. Number five was God uses us. And how does he use us? To work. <laughs> you say, well, how <laughs> is work, how, <laughs> how is work supernatural? And that was one of the Proverbs that says that. If you don't work, you're not supposed to eat. I mean, put that out to people who are complaining about things that they don't have or, you know, things they need or whatever. It's like, you don't work, you shouldn't eat. You know, people don't like to hear that, but that's the word. Um, and we talked about, you know, some of the aspects of that is about being diligent, mm -hmm. the thoughts even that the you have of right. the diligence well too. So, I mean, you can't have, uh, you know, negative thoughts. You know, you've got to be operated in faith. How do you operate in faith? You've got to hear the word and that word is then going to motivate you to act in faith. Number six was because he asked for it. And we gave some examples out of like when Jesus wanted the cult. You know, or when they needed the upper room. And he said, go here, do this, talk to this guy, and those things will be, will be given to you. So sometimes God may ask you to give something to somebody or to some ministry or whatever it may be. Right. You might not have it. Right. But God can supernaturally provide for you to get it so that you can give it. Right. So once again, you can get blessed so that you can be the blessing. blessing. All right, so on to number seven. This is a favorite topic of this family, for sure. Once you got a hold of it is when things really started to change because this is the only time in Scripture God says, Test me. Test me. So what this topic is, is tithing. Right. You know, so what does tithe mean? Sometimes people don't even know what tithe is. It means 10%. Right. So you are supposed to give 10% of what you receive back into the kingdom of God. 
Right. It's that simple. And you know, a lot of times people will say, well, is it 10% off my gross or 10% <laughs> off my net? Or do I do it off, off my business, off yeah, of my really gross reserve? <laughs> you know, it's like everything comes from God. If we're going to say everything comes from God. Right. So if you get everything, let's just say you get 10 grand. Okay. And you've got all these expenses you've got to pay out of here. You got to pay taxes. You got to pay rent or mortgage or whatever living expenses you may have. Then when you get to the bottom, you have what's left over net. So sometimes people try to look at that. Well, this is the net part because I had to pay taxes $100. out. Well, taxes <laughs> is part of an expense too. Right. So, I mean, it should be off the gross. And if you're trying to figure out ways to get out of paying, probably don't even pay it. Don't, don't even give the tithe is what I would say until you get a real revelation of what the word has to say for it. Don't tithe. You know, until you understand that it all does come from God and because he gives all this to me, I want to give the best of it. I want to give from the top of that. Right. And you can't outgive God either. The more you give, the more you get. And once you understand that principle and then you begin to operate in it, you're actually, when you go beyond that level, you start looking for ways to give more money. Amen. It's just uh, when you get a hold of the revelation, it's pretty awesome. And that's a whole... I think uh, a development really you have to go through because yeah, when we first, before we heard the word on tithing and that 10% or whatever, I would say that we were given tips. Like, you know, the offering bucket would go, go, go by, you know, <laughs> it's like you pull out and you pull out some cash and you throw it in there and whatever. And then when I heard tithe, you're supposed to get 10%, I started thinking, how much have I been given? Look back, it's like 2%, 1%. It's like, oh, I got to go up to that, <laughs> you know? And then when we were, able to get where we started doing that, you know, where we were doing it, didn't even think about it. You get to a point where you just tithe over everything. I mean, even if you get money for like a birthday present yes. or a Christmas present, it's like yep. you're tithing right off, off of top. that, you know, right anything you get. Then once you get, you know, where you're tithing and you're, you know, consistent with that, you can start giving offerings. And you know, there's all really different <laughs> types of offerings that you can give advancing the gospel, giving to the poor. I mean, we do a whole teaching on that right. as well too. Um, and then you're getting up and over the tithe, but the tithe has to be the foundation. Before you can start giving offerings, you gotta give the tithe. Right. You know, you've gotta, you've gotta be in that. And this is God's supernatural foundation and your, your way of saying, God, I want you in my finances. I invite you into my, my finances. finances. So by giving that tithe, you say, God, I trust you. Yeah. And not only do I trust you, but I'm going to test you. Right. <laughs> you know, because you said, right. I'm going to test you. So that's the way of just like when you say, God, I want to receive Jesus. This is that tithe is saying, God, I want you in my finances. Yeah. I trust you. This is not, it's not about the money. And you know, Sometimes people say, well, I love God with all my heart and, you know, I do, I serve and I do this. And then you say, do you tithe? No. It's like, I really have to question the, the trueness of the love of God in their heart. Because right. to me, what that would be, that would be a wrong relationship with money, which First Timothy talks about that, that the love of money is the root of all right. evil. So right. that's a wrong relationship. It's saying, I trust more in holding on to my money than I do in God getting involved in my finances. And I'm not saying that to condemn anybody. I was there before, we were there before, and that's what was part of what the problem was, why we were broke, busted, and disgusted, and going through everything. Was upside down. Until we got a hold of the teaching the tithe and started tithes when we really had supernatural breakthrough yes. in the area of our finances. Yes. So, you know, we give this from a word of compassion. We give this from a word of teaching, trying to get you something that's not a word of condemning. It's just saying, hey, we've been there, we've done that. If you're in that position, get out, right. <laughs> run, tithe. Experience bridges. <laughs> we've been there. Okay, so let's get into this. We're going to go to a very familiar 
uh, verse of scripture. It's Malachi 3.10. And really we're gonna start at verse eight and go through verse 12 because there's so much there. So I'm gonna have you read it first and then we're gonna go through and we're gonna break it down step by step. Here we go. Malachi 3.8 through 11. Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes to the storehouse, that there may be meat in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground, nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And 12. All the nations shall call you happy and blessed, for you shall be a land of delight, says the Lord of hosts. Whew. A lot of stuff. So let's start, let's start in verse 8. The first thing says, will a man rob God? And sometimes I think, you know, we look at that from that aspect like robbing God. And it's like, if you believe that the 100% comes from him and all you're supposed to do is give back that 10%, but you're not doing that, then you're taking something that really isn't yours because you're asked to give that. The revelation that I want to share with this is a little bit different. Um, and I'm going to start with Psalms 35 and 27. It says this, that God delights in the prosperity of a servant. God delights in, so nice. in your prosperity. So if I, if I say, I delight in spending time with you and going to the beach and going for a walk, it means I enjoy it, right? It means I enjoy that time that I spend with her. This says, God delights in the prosperity of a servant. He delights when we prosper. He, de he delights in that. So the revelation that I had of this is that when you don't tithe, then you don't allow God to get into your finances. So you actually rob him of the ability to get involved and to prosper you supernaturally through the tithe. Oh, that's so good. You rob him of the joy he has in your prosperity. If you don't receive him through salvation, you can't be saved. Right. So the same thing, if you don't tithe, he can't delight in getting in and helping you in your finances. <laughs> don't rob God of the delight. I mean, come on. All right, let's keep moving here. So verse 10 was that there will be meat in my house. That there'll be meat in my house. So. What this reminds me of, if you remember when Paul was talking to uh, the Corinthians, and he's also in Hebrews he was talking, he was talking about uh, feeding them. He was, in Hebrews I think he was saying that, you know, I want you to be teachers, but like you're not ready yet. You're still taking milk and I want you on meat. I want you on solid food and teaching. What is, what is this referring to? I'll give you the interpretations that it's kind of where you're at spiritually. Right. So it's just like a baby. You know, you can give a baby formula, but you can't feed it a steak. I mean, the baby's got to go through. He's got to have formula, and then he's got to have baby food, and then he can have some cereal, and then he can have a little bit of solid food, and then you get to this point someday, he can have some filet mignon. You know, but it's that process. And so spiritually, this is what Paul was saying too. It's like some people are still drinking milk from their spiritual aspect, whereas others are ready to eat meat. So through this, what, what this means is that bring the tithe to the storehouse, there'll be meat in my house. What does that meat? That meat is the food that you get. It's the spiritual food when you get to, when you go to church. Right now, we're giving you meat. <laughs> we're giving you spiritual food. And just like, I mean, you've got to eat every day to nourish your physical body. 
spiritually, you've got to do the same thing. You've got to feed, you know, through your spirit to get to your soul, to renew your mind. That gets your soul. When it gets in your soul and then you, it will manifest in your life, that's when your soul is prospered and when those things happen. So you've got to get the meat. So here's what I want to get through this point. When you bring your tithe to the storehouse, which is the church, which is the ministry that you're listening to, wherever it is you're going to get your meat, wherever you're being taught, wherever you're getting it, that's where you're supposed to take that tithe to, mm -hmm. to that place. And fed? then when you put that money back in, you know what happens? God's so good. Get reinvested back into you because you get meat. Right. You're getting fed. <laughs> right. you know? it's, it's like God's so you good. Every, every single time you like turn, it's like God's going to do something good for you. Right. You know, so it's part of bringing that to the church because it costs money to run a church. I mean, it costs money to run a ministry. What's it cost for us? All these lights and cameras and equipment and all the stuff and all the people that help us do all this stuff. It takes money to do it, you know? So it's got to be to get the gospel out, costs money. Right. Just like any business or anything else. So it's like you're, that's your part of giving into the kingdom to help so that there can be meat that will go out. And it will advance. And I like that the description is meat because you don't just swallow meat. You have to chew it and you have to taste it and you have to let it continually chew and chew and chew and chew and you know some might just take one bite and gulp it down but then you're you know you're not you're not feeling so well but it's just that continually chewing and getting that piece into just a super fine particle so that it can digest properly so that you can be nourished accordingly so the second part of verse 10 is he says test me let me tell you what, you think God's going to flunk a test? <laughs> he ain't going to flunk. He created the test. <laughs> but he's saying, come on, test me. And I was like, right. to me, that's like, that's an encouragement to, to do it. Right. You know? Cause I God, dare you. Because the word says that God's not a man that he can lie. So he's not going to say, hey, I'm going to do this. And then you bring your tithe and he goes, yeah, I was just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so shady. I, I ain't going to open up the windows. I ain't going to bless you. No, that's not God. Right. So, I mean, that's his whole point of, of saying this is test me. So the thing that's really cool about this is that this word window here is the same word that was used when they talked about back in uh, Noah's time when they opened up the windows to, pull, to release the flood. So if you go, it's uh, Genesis 7:11. it says, In the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, on the 17th day of the month, on the day of all the foundations of the great deep, burst forth, and the windows of heavens were opened. So there's that word window. It's the same Hebrew word. So the revelation of this word window is that when God opened up the windows of heaven, there was a massive flood that covered all of the earth, everything, destroyed everything except for Noah and everything he was with. So this same window is that God saying, hey, when you tithe, I'm gonna open up that window, that floodgate, when some translations say floodgate, into your finances. Ooh. He's gonna open a flood That's into good. your finances. That's good. It's that, that same thing. It's not like, I'm just gonna give you a little bit. You know, I think it's Charles Capps that said this. Um, he said, it's not a trickle, it's not a stream, it's not a river, but a flood. <laughs> you know, it's not just like God just doesn't have this little bitty stream that he turns on to bless you. He's like, no, I'm opening it all up, man. <laughs> I'm opening it all up to give you everything, everything of heaven. I want to flood it out into your finances. So verse 11, he says that I will rebuke the devourer for your namesake. So good. So he's going he's gonna to rebuke Satan. He's going to rebuke the evil one. So you think of it this way, that if you got 90% that you got left because you gave 10%, right? right. That 90% is now protected because he says, I'm going to rebuke the devourer for being able to take that. So we think about devourer like back in 
um, like agriculture days when you know this word was going forth is like the devourer would be like locusts you know would go and destroy their crops or destroy their trees or whatever it may be that would mm -hmm. destroy that was their that was their business right so in today's term it'd be like no crook no carn artist no guy trying to do a ponzi scheme on you and i can be able to get a hold of your money because it's protected because right. he's going to rebuke the devourer he says i will rebuke the devourer he didn't say I'm gonna give you the authority to speak over it, even though we do have that, but he, God takes it personal. He said, right. I'm gonna rebuke the devourer. And I'll tell you what, I'd rather have 90% of everything that I have protected by the kingdom of God, Amen. by the Almighty One, than to have 100% non-protected. That's true. Uh, it's almost like identity theft. <laughs> um, I think that's has tried to come on us a couple of times, and this is like being under. So, like, if it comes, then you'll be able to stop it right away. So I remember just waking up suddenly one morning, went to my computer and it looked like someone had hacked into my computer and was moving things around. But I was able to catch it right at that moment, right at that time to stop whatever was happening. So it's not that people don't continue to try, they look for openings to get in, but somehow, some way, you'll have an, in, an unction, you'll have someone come in to help you, or there's, you know, uh, maybe led to have some other, you know, like LifeLock or other opportunities where you're able to do that. So, again. It doesn't mean, I mean, you know, the word says that, you know, you can be bitten by serpents and they shall not kill. It doesn't mean we go stick our hand in a bag right. of snakes. Right. You know, it doesn't mean that because our finances are protected that we don't use wisdom wisdom, and take care of the things to do what we need to do in the natural, right. whatever we may be led to do. But it's like we don't put our trust in that. Right. We do what we need to do, but our trust still is in Him. Right. And just like you said, that's kind of like a word of wisdom that we talked about in one of the other ones. You know, God gave you a word of wisdom or insight to go and to be able to find out that that was going on. It was so, crazy. And then you were able to rebuke that man. Oh my gosh, you don't even <laughs> want to know what I said to him. I wasn't very Christian. <laughs> I did catch him though. Okay, moving on then. So three things that we can get out of time. Verses 8 and 10 really are talking about provision. Verses 11 is protection. Verses 12 is about promotion. You know, saying that you're gonna, he's gonna show it to the nations. You know, you're gonna be set out in front of the nations on how good God is. So you know, good. so that he, that people can see the goodness in your life. Because let me tell you what, people who aren't believers, carnal, whatever you want to call them, they can't see your spirituality. They can't say, oh, you're so spiritual, you're so, you're so <laughs> well, good. But what, what they, what they, what, what they can see. They can see you driving good, dressing good, yes. living good. They can see all that stuff. They can see, and then that's like. How did you get to do How? that? Right. You know, it was the same thing with Isaac when he sowed during the time of famine. You go and read the story in Genesis 26. Said the Philistines envied him. Right. You know, they didn't envy his spirituality. They said that his house became bigger. His was the house was bigger than the palace of the king. Right. So they're like, how's this dude doing this in the time right. of famine? This Israelite, <laughs> <You know>? what? <laughs> uh, but it's just the principle that works, and I love that the very end he wraps up with test me in this or you know see if i will not open the window so is the promotion that you get out of it so he also rewards you <laughs> not only by protecting you but then promoting you amen it's so good so we're out of time for this episode but you're gonna want to tune in for next time because we're just getting started on this tithe and you want to get everything that's coming your way so much rich information stay tuned we look forward to wrapping up number seven which is the tithe part of the 21 supernatural ways 
God can get money to you, for you, through you, in you, out of you, in you, around you. All around you. Amen. <laughs> Amen. We're praying for you. We love you. Till next time. Peace.